Hi, I'm Grant Armstrong, and I get to serve as directing pastor here at St. John's United Methodist Church in Edwardsville, Illinois. We exist to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. Our desire is to be a beacon of faith and service, focusing our passions and gifts to reflect Christ's love to the world. You're invited to join us each week at 9 a.m. for a time of traditional worship or at 11 a.m. for contemporary worship. Thanks for joining us for this online version of the sermon. Tonight's scripture comes from 1 John chapter 3, verses 11 through 24. This is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another. We must not be like Cain, who belonged to the evil one and killed his brother. And why did he kill him? Because Cain had been doing what was evil, and his brother had been doing what was righteous. So don't be surprised, dear brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. If we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart. And you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them. We know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us. So we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let's not merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions. Our actions will show that we belong to the truth, so we will be confident when we stand before God. Even if we feel guilty, God is greater than our feelings, and He knows everything. Dear friends, if we don't feel guilty, we can come to God with bold confidence, and we will receive from Him whatever we ask because we obey Him and do the things that please Him. And this is His commandment. We must believe in the name of His Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as He commanded us. Those who obey God's commandments remain in fellowship with him, and he with them. And we know he lives in us because the spirit he gave us lives in us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Throughout the season of Lent, we've been spending the past several weeks looking at six of the seven deadly sins and how they've been a part of Christ's journey to the cross and how they remain deadly in our lives still today. And the grace that God gives to us to overcome these sins. And tonight we're going to spend time with the greatest of the power that God gives us. It's a command that's been going through the hearts and minds of disciples since Jesus first voiced it as a new commandment on that holy Thursday night close to 2,000 years ago. Picture that we're in that upper room for a Passover meal that's been shared to celebrate with Jesus' closest friends. Jesus' youngest disciple, John, was seated at the table with his rabbi, and Jesus washed their feet. He changed the ritual, and Jesus taught. Part of his teaching, and specifically this command, became something that John himself would reference time and time again. It's all over the gospel that's attributed to John. It's also a major theme in John's letters. And this letter was dated back to about 60 years after Jesus' death and resurrection. John heard Jesus teach these words, love one another, throughout his ministry, but it was the evening of the Last Supper together when Jesus turned these words into the instruction of a mandate, commandment language, from people who knew what it was to be a part of a covenant based on a commandment through Moses. Moses would have made this all very, very familiar to the Hebrew people and particularly to Jesus' followers. Like on the level with the Big Ten is love one another as I have loved you. For the apostles together with Jesus at that meal, that night 
Love might have looked like their esteemed rabbi washing his disciples' filthy and crusty feet. It looked like Jesus serving as a host for this meaningful meal. It was maybe the words of caring instruction that he offered as he looked into the hearts of his followers that night. They heard the voice of their master lifted in a hymn. Love might have looked like that. Through weary eyes, they saw Jesus walk to the garden to pray. And they may have thought they were dreaming as they heard Jesus crying out to his heavenly Father. They felt fear as the soldiers approached their leader. They were stunned by his surrender and even more by the way he healed the wounds of his captor. And even in the whirlwind of these experiences, those words of Jesus, love one another as I have loved you, would be echoing through their minds like a spiritual flashcard. Love one another as I have loved you. So what? What does that mean for us? We're supposed to help cleanse the grossest stuff off of our sisters and brothers. We're supposed to offer meaningful hospitality. He means for us to lovingly learn and pour words of life into the hearts of others. Even when we don't have a drop of energy, we're supposed to seek God in prayer. We're supposed to keep vigil with those who cry out to their Heavenly Father. Should we sing out with hope when we're facing difficulty? What else? Surrender ourselves so God could receive glory? Forgive those and heal those who intend to do harm to us? Is that what Jesus is talking about, loving one another as he has loved us? For starters, yes. We've been spending time with the types of grace and virtues that God has given us to help defeat these sins that would lead us to the grave and build walls that would separate us from ourselves and the love of God through Christ. But at the heart of all of this, the counter to these many different obstacles to faith is God's love. If our motivation is anything but love, then all these virtues in God's holiest arsenal won't go very far for us. It's got to be love. Our faith can't just be a mental ascent. It can't just be a flashcard memorization. It can't be our strict adherence to a set of familiar practices. John writes, Dear children, let us not say that we merely say that we love each other. Let us show the truth by our actions, and our actions will show that we belong to the truth. This is not a try harder kind of love. This is a surrender more kind of love. We don't have the power within ourselves. We have to find that power to love that exists beyond ourselves. On Monday, Thursday, sometimes we focus on the foot washing. Sometimes we focus on the teaching, and maybe even we focus on the time that Jesus spent in the Garden of Gethsemane, crying out to his Father. We hear his prayers of anguish as Jesus asked for the cup of suffering to be removed from him if it's possible. And we hear the resignation where Jesus submits himself to this grand salvation plan. But what led to that submission? What did Jesus do before that time of anguish and surrender? He first shared in a meal of fellowship and forgiveness. In addition to the lessons he was sharing with those who would be in the room with him that night, I think Jesus was picturing us, even us gathered here or gathered at home, envisioning those who would come to know God's saving power if Jesus was faithful with that torturous rescue mission. Can you picture Jesus being overcome with a love 
that willingly takes on pain and sacrifice for others. Before he walks headlong towards that fate, he offers this group a means before they were about to be scattered apart, he gives a means for them to be reunited by grace. For the body that is about to be dismembered, Jesus gives a means for the body to be remembered. Tonight we spend time with this new commandment through Holy Communion. We experience God's great love for us in this gift of restoration and forgiveness, freedom, and hope. And Jesus is here with us now. Let's receive his invitation to this table. I would invite you to please join along in this uh, liturgy of communion and the words for the congregation to be able to uh, participate are in bold on the screen. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right, and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. From the earth you bring forth bread and create the fruit of the vine. You formed us in your image, delivered us from captivity, and made covenant to be our sovereign God. You fed us manna in the wilderness and gave us grapes as evidence of the promised land. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, Lord, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. When we turned aside from your way and abused your gifts, you gave us in him your crowning gift, emptying himself that our joy might be full. He fed the hungry, healed the sick, ate with the scorned and forgotten, washed his disciples' feet, and gave a holy meal as a pledge of his abiding presence. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night when he gave himself up for us, he took the bread, gave thanks to you, and broke it, sharing it him among his followers, saying, Take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this as often as you eat it, remembering me. And likewise, when the meal was finished, Jesus took the cup, and giving thanks to you as Heavenly Father, he shared it with his disciples and said, Take and drink, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink of it, remembering me. And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts through Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves with praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with the sacrifice that Christ has made for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. 
Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit on those gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup. Would you make them to be for us the body and blood of Jesus Christ so that we might be Christ's body in this world, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in service to the whole world until Christ comes in final victory and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor, glory is yours, Lord, now and forever. Amen. And now... I'll get to invite us who have received these. <laughs> Not quite yet. Who have received these uh, communion uh, packages. You can peel off the part that has the bread in the top, and uh, at the time when the music is playing, you are free to take that. And I'm not going to peel off the part that has the, uh, the juice yet, but when we get to that point, you can peel off the part that has the juice. If you are at home and joining us in the love feast, please feel free to eat and drink as the music goes as well. But now the body and the blood of Christ has been shared, broken, and poured out in love for you. Amen. <laughs>